and Tyler Evans. The topic of this podcast will consist of many stories of people from various backgrounds and experiences who have had many challenges and have been able to successfully overcome them and rise to the top. So sit back and relax as we give you the best of these diverse stories. Because if you are feeling down and out, like you cannot make it in the world, then this podcast is the right one for you. Because if my guests can make it, so can you. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hope Without Sight with your host, Sarah Cooper and... This is Tyler Evans. And we're on episode 19, I believe, on the Puerto Vallarta trip. Oh, it feels so good now. Just got off a massage, thanks to wonderful masseuse uh, who gave, who's been giving us all massages. I feel great. But now to my right, I have the owner of a wonderful Costa de Influencia. Thank you so much for your hospitality this week. She's here to share her story of overcoming life's challenges. This is Julianne. Julianne, how are you doing? I am doing fabulous. Oh, my God. I have had so much fun having all you guys here this week doing podcasts. And, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been really enjoying myself, having so much company here and, um, and getting to know everybody. That's awesome. So glad that you've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun being at your place, too. It's a beautiful place. Your staff has been incredible. Let me tell you, I'll I'll give them a pretty good tip before I leave. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be very happy about that. Yeah, and and as a, you know, as a courtesy, you know what? I will want you to come down to Cancun and stay at our family place down there. Wow, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, because uh, you've done so well. So, yeah. So here, without further ado, let's get started. So this is help without sight. You've. And I've heard you've overcome a lot of challenges in life, so that's why I want to have you on here. So let's get going. So yes, let's take me from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I have had an interesting life, and I've had my share of uh, of obstacles that I've had to overcome. Um, first of all, I guess it started when I was um, 17 years old, and I was diagnosed with scoliosis. And um, in England at the time, the way that they um, dealt with that is that they would break your back. So I was rushed into hospital and they basically smashed every vertebrae of my back to then straighten it, make it as straight as possible. Uh, they then put a steel rod in my back and then kind of put me back together. And put me into a, a full body cast for six months. Wow. So, yeah, I went through kind of my, after I'd learned how to walk again, I then um, had, you know, two years at college, um, either with a, a body cast or with various different types of um, support before I was able to just, you know, function normally. So you had a body cast like on just your leg or? No, back. my whole back. So, oh my goodness! I went from the the whole body cast went from like up to my shoulders, right down to my hips. Wow! So it kind of looked a bit like a big vest. Wow! So, what is scoliosis exactly? 
So it's a curvature of the spine. So as you grow, um, instead of your spine growing straight, it starts to grow um, to one side or the other side. So yeah. my spine was growing to the right side. And so if they hadn't have, um, you know, tried to correct it, I would be a hunchback by now. You being a wheelchair. Yes. Wow. And by the grace of God, you're, you're walking and not only you're walking, you're running this amazing place, which is good. Yeah, I mean, it's. I still have chronic pain every day, but I've just learned to live with that and uh, manage it. And I feel like the the more that you believe anything's possible, then anything really is possible. And as you know, we're in a building with five flights of stairs, so <laughs> I'm pretty fit now. Yeah, <laughs> I think we are. We are after being on this trip. And, you know, uh, people have, have, have called me a champ because... Me being blind, I know this place very well by now. I know. Um, when I first got here, I was walking up with a cane. Now I'm, I'm on my own. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. I, I mean, some of the things we've done together. I, I have been so amazed watching you. You know, we went on a boat trip, and you were just happily like climbing onto the boat, climbing off the boat into a big dinghy. Uh, to get to the beach and jumping off the boat to go snorkeling and then jumping off the boat to go on the beach. Uh, it's like everywhere that we've been, you've just been like, there's nothing has stopped you at all. Yeah, that, yeah in that water snorkeling, it was murky and cold. Yes, it was cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, the, the, the beach was much better. Because you see, I also live in Cancun too, and the beach here, it's not the same. The sand is like more thick and it's more like a darker color, you know? Yeah. Well, what, you've been on two different beaches. So when you went on the first beach, that was more a, a sort of darker beach. But the beach we were on yesterday after the boat ride was more of a fine kind of white sand beach. But, um, you were really enjoying being in the surf. Yes, because, of course, I grew up on the ocean, you know. And the other thing we did together is salsa dance. So. <laughs> uh, I, I got a little tipsy, didn't I? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was very happy, and we were actually uh, salsa dancing together, so. He was doing a, you were doing an amazing job. Yes, it's a fun, it's been a fun trip. And but I look forward to many, many, many more. And, uh, you know, Tyler, we should host a trip of our own somewhere. Maybe at my place down in Mexico. Who knows? Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, let's go. Let's go back to your story. So after you have the operations, what challenges lie ahead then? Well, I think I've I've kind of gone through life not letting it stop me. So I uh, I went sailing around the world. So that was kind of interesting because I left England um, and got onto a boat, and then I spent four years in Africa and in Asia uh, living on a boat. Wow! But you know, not letting my any of my pain or my back problems stop me from doing anything, and then when um, eventually I got to Canada after like four years in Africa and Asia, and I started my, I wrote my book, my story, 
And then I started my publishing company. And about four years into my publishing company, where things were starting to get really successful and good, um, I discovered that I was dyslexic. And this is, I discovered this through somebody who I was working with from Dyslexia Canada. And she, she was watching me do some mind mapping, how I help people to write books. And she looked at me and said, Julie, do you realize you're dyslexic? And, and I said, Sue, I don't think that can be right. That can't be true. Um, and imagine how bad it would be for business if I told everybody I was a dyslexic wow. book publisher. So you were dyslexic when you didn't even know it because yeah. a lot of times people can be dyslexic. People can have something that they've had all their life. They just never known it. Like I've heard in, in certain instances of autism. Yes. You know, I, I had I had one person on the podcast was on the autism spectrum he just didn't know it until he was like in his late 40s yeah yeah well I think what happens is you actually adapt I mean I think that's what happens with anything that's you know we're we're functioning in a different way so I think you know I've always had to adapt uh the way I you know particularly read write and uh, for me numbers and analytical things and I never realized when I was at school, I never kind of thought, well, I don't know why I'm so much slower than everybody else. Yeah. You know, all my friends could get A's and B's, and I was struggling to get D's and E's. And, <laughs> and I never knew why. I was just that, oh, maybe I'm stupid, or, you know, there's something different about me. So I think as I went through life, I just found different ways to adapt. And, um, you know, for reading particularly, I read very slow. Wow. I figured that as a book publisher, that's probably a good thing to do because I take my time. I don't actually, you know, kind of skip over pages or speed read like a lot of people do. I actually uh, spend a lot of time on every word, every sentence, every page, the stories. So I, I look at that as an advantage rather than disadvantage. And I certainly know from when I was operating my publishing company in Vancouver, um, I would read some of the emails that my staff was sending out. And I would say, oh, my God, there's like three spelling mistakes in this email. You can't do that representing a book publisher. And it's because they work so fast and so many people do work fast. They kind of like make mistakes and don't check their work. Um, but for me... I, I've always done that. It's a matter of course that I write an email and then I check my email, then I check it again before I press send. So I think, you know, it means I've adapted without even realizing that's how, you know, that's how I live my life. I just always uh, checked everything. I always uh, was slow at things, but I never, I never let that stop me. I just decided that was me being accurate, more accurate than maybe other people were. Well, now, were you officially diagnosed with dyslexia, or did you diagnose yourself? Well, um, Sue, this, uh, she ran um, Dyslexia Canada, so it was her that uh, she gave me a little mind's eye test that she uses on people. Um, but the, the telltale sign was that she told me 
um, dyslexia runs in uh, families. So she asked me if my mom and dad or anybody in my family was dyslexic. And I said, no. And she said, well, I think you should maybe check, uh, you know, what can you ring your parents and ask them? So I called my mom and, um, and she said, oh, my God, your dad has kept that a secret his whole life. When I married him, he couldn't read or write. And, uh, but he didn't want you as children to know that he had wow. dyslexia. And so he kept it as a secret. And, um, yeah, then I, spoke, then I spoke to my dad and he told me how he'd been struggling through life because um, he was really um, badly bullied in school because they didn't know then what dyslexia was. And so he, was, he was, had to wear a dunce hat and stand in the corner. The teachers would call him lazy and, you know, oh. and so, you know, he had a, he had a really tough life and he didn't want um, us children to have that same experience. And so he thought it was better just to keep us, you know, in the blind and never tell us that dyslexia was in the family. And so it's genetic then. Now, does dyslexia, um, is it just, does it just have to deal with reading, writing, or is it spatial concepts overall? Well, actually, it's not a disability. Um, and if it is a disability, I'd call it a teaching disability as opposed to a learning disability. Um, I actually did a TED Talk on the topic um, called The Gift of Dyslexia. And, you know, just like any, any of a, anything that's out of the ordinary or not quite, you know, normal, if you like, <laughs> um, there's, there's always a different way to look at that. And um, dyslexia is, um, uh, your mind works a different way. So yeah. our, uh, we have got big, bright, hand creative brains, but our left brains, um, it's kind of a bit like the autistic um, spectrum, actually. The left brain is smaller than the right brain. And so we tend to um, struggle with the kind of analytical type of things. Um, uh, and the, but the right brain is so big and creative. What actually happens is we look, we think in pictures, and we actually think a lot faster than we can process. Oh, right. So, in other words, if you're writing or you're typing, you fall over your words because you're actually thinking faster than your and, fingers can, can type. So it's a neurological write. condition, then. Um, yeah, I would, I would say so. But I think, um, you know, some of the most brilliant minds like Albert Einstein was dyslexic. He couldn't read or write until he was nine years old. Um, and uh, Steve Jobs was dyslexic. Wow. Um, most of the Richard Branson is dyslexic. So there's gifts with dyslexia. There's, there's a lot of gifts with dyslexia because um, it's mostly to do with problem solving. So basically, you look at any situation and you're able to find um, different solutions for it outside of the box. So that's why when you think about some of those entrepreneurs, they're very creative and innovative. So people like Steve Jobs and Albert Einstein, we don't, don't look at things the same way as anybody else looks. At so they're not dyslexic people are not like so analytical they just get down to it yes and, and we don't let anything stop us so i mean this place is a good example 
you know, this is not what you would consider to be a, re a, a traditional retreat center, right? A traditional retreat center is a, you know, a villa on the beach or a villa in the jungle. You know, it's got a bunch of bedrooms and some kind of space where you can meet. Um, this is a 10 apartment building on five floors. So you wouldn't immediately come into this building and go, oh, look, there's my retreat center. Um, but because I look at things with a lot of creativity and imagination, I walk into the building and immediately I'm like, oh, wow, look at that apartment. It could become podcast studios. Yeah. And that space can be a co-work space, et cetera. And the event space are on the rooftop, that's going to be great for conferences. And this room, if I take down this window, I can put a four-meter boardroom table there. So it's like we look outside of the box and we look outside the normal. And so, therefore, we're able to creatively look at ways to do things. And there's no such thing as I can't. Right. And so I see what it is. You think outside a box, you just don't analyze in detail. And also, when it comes to reading and writing, that's where you have uh, difficulties there. You get you have what's called these reversal letters, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't always process um, that way. It's just that you're really falling over letters and you sometimes fall over numbers as well because you're you're basically you're processing your mind's processing is going to the end result really fast so if you're if you're like brainstorming for example with a dyslexic person or somebody on the autistic spectrum you can move through ideas really really fast and get to the end goal really really fast whereas if you're if i'm masterminding with somebody who's not dyslexic or not on the spectrum They'll be like, I don't understand you. What are you saying? Well, well you can't do that. Yeah. You know, because they can't process as fast as you can. So it's like you can you can move through ideas really, really fast because you're both processing at a high speed of creativity as opposed to analytical people hold back because they're like, well, hang on a minute. Let me just do the figures of that. Or hang on a minute. Let me just figure out why you can't. No, you can't do this for this reason or that reason. So they actually slow things down because they have to slow it down to make everything logical and in a you know a, they have to analyze everything whereas if you're if you have all this creativity you just you just like run ahead at full speed right because it's like you can create anything like we are creators yes but who we are we're creators so you know people that are um have this kind of gift i say are the people that are going to change the world because you know we're able to uh, think outside the box and bring innovation that people who are analytical they can't even they can't think like that they can't many people i showed this building before i started to turn it into a retreat center they just don't even understand my concept they're like it's an apartment building how can you turn an apartment building into a retreat center wow <laughs> you you're very smart julianne <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you're, you're very smart, you, yeah. And so, um, wow. So, how long ago was it when you found out you were dyslexic? Like ten years ago? Yeah, yeah, it would have been about ten years. Wow, well, probably not even that. Actually, I did my TED talk in 2014. So, I did my TED talk not long after I was diagnosed. So maybe like six months. So probably around 2013. And I did my TED talk in 2014. And that's now had over a hundred thousand hits. Wow! 
And of course, when you were diagnosed, you didn't feel ashamed or anything because that's what we that's the message we need to get out to people, right, Tyler? A diagnosis exactly. is the, it's the end. You know, it's it's about understanding yourself and your framework, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, I actually feel that disabilities aren't really like they may may be inconvenient in some way, but they're really special. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like autism. There are people who are autistic. You wouldn't even know it. We were talking to someone. Uh, what was it? Yesterday or the day before? Whatever no, it was. I think uh, it was Saturday. Or this week, this weekend. Saturday, yeah. yeah, the Saturday. Yeah. And he was, um, he was autistic, and you wouldn't know it by talking to him at all. No, you would know it. Some people you can uh, tell, but. Yeah, some you can, others you can't. Um, I honestly think that, you know, I think autism, like, for those who are, like, like that are really, really high spectrum, why should they even be diagnosed as autistic? I mean, that's high functioning. It's, like, high, like, everything where you wouldn't know it by actually interacting with them or anything yeah yeah that's just what i think but everyone else i think the autism the autism should uh, remain but like i said yeah. I don't, i'm not the doctors the psychiatrist whatever they do their job but yeah you know maybe it's so, time to re uh, reassess in the future you know to, to rethink what is really autism because if it's high functioning and everyone is normal and they live a normal life even without medicine then maybe it's just not autism, autism, maybe it's more or less kind of like ADHD, where we sometimes just need some feedback. Once we get it, boom, we're able to just thrive. Yeah. Know? I think it's but just who knows? A, I don't all know. about just functioning in the world in a different way and, and actually understanding yeah. what your gifts are. I can, yes, agreeable. Totally. Right. You got to exactly. truly know yourself well and understand what your gifts are i mean you 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 may have weaknesses but you have strengths you know well i think exactly you understand that you can then just um you can adapt the way you need to so like i got my uh, operations manager in my business i just call her my left brain because she does all the left hmm. brain stuff that i struggle with that allows me to really be as creative as I have the capacity to be creative, and I have a uh, huge capacity to be creative. Um, remind awesome. me, I learned this in psychology. Your left brain is decision making, or your right brain is. It's not so much about decision making. It's, I guess, the decision making process. Yeah. So the left brain is more analytical. Analytical, so, yeah. Yeah. So you tend to like just really want to analyze everything and to you know like make it logical whereas the right brain is more about creativity and if you don't have the logical brain getting in the way there's nothing to stop you because you can say well why can't i do that exactly right i actually learned in psychology it's the left hemisphere and right hemisphere actually the left hemisphere controls the right side of the body and the right hemisphere controls the left side Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting. Um, that's why a lot of people who suffer, say, strokes on the left side, it affects the right side. Mm. You know, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and also, there's the frontal lobe, the exhibital lobe, the parietal lobe, and all these, you know, these different lobes. 
that I learned in psychology, particularly on the uh, central nervous system chapter and the neurons chapter. Yeah, it was pretty complex, but but yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I was um, going to ask uh, Julianne, were you born and raised in Canada? No, in England. In England. Yeah, you sound like you have an English accent. Yeah. I do. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You still have so, it. After, how, long, how long has it been since you have lived in England full time? Oh, my goodness. It's been, well, it was 2000. So, what's that, 20, 20, 20 yeah. 22 years, 23 years, 24 yeah. years. Yeah, right. 22 years. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, 22. But yeah, um, so you currently live in Puerto Vallarta? I live in Puerto Vallarta, yes, in Mexico. I've been here for four years. And um, I was actually the fiancé of a Mexican salsa teacher. And uh, that's, well, I I started to learn to salsa dance. I never thought I could uh, salsa dance or because of my back. And um, he taught me that, yes, indeed, I can salsa dance. And uh, I think I got stronger and stronger as I learned to dance. And, you know, when I first started dancing, I could probably only dance for maybe one song, two songs. Um, Then I just started to increase that slightly. And then I discovered that, you know, like after like two years, I could like, dance for three hours solid <laughs> so I just you know got stronger and stronger and um and just really enjoyed dancing for the sake of dancing and um but unfortunately he um died of COVID last August oh no and that was That's one more. of my biggest obstacles I've ever overcome because he was the love of my life and this dream of the retreat center was our dream because we were going to, uh, I was going to be doing writing and publishing retreats, and he was going to be doing salsa dancing retreats. So this was our dream to create this and co-create it together. And um, so when he passed away last August, I spent, you know, quite a few months in very heavy grief. And, um, And then I found a way that we could continue working together uh, with him on the other side. And now I feel like we have co-created this um, retreat center. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there'll be some good that comes out of it, but I'm angry at COVID. It's destructive and damaging how many people it's damaged around the world. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm not, I mean, I am angry at what COVID is doing, but I'm mostly angry at what China did. You know, yeah. the they cover up, the, you know, the lab leak, you know, there was a lab leak, boom. They didn't notify the world in time, boom. It happened. The pandemic happened. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm but angry I'm, but, at, at that. I'm, but I'm glad it's finally ending and we're here. Yep. Yep. Well, it seems as though the, the variants now are getting less and less destructive i mean yes people are still getting sick to a point but it's getting less and less destructive compared to delta delta was the worst last year and then it was original but then omicron the first one and then the second omicron and it slowly and slowly it's getting less and less destructive which is a good thing there are still people dying of course but yeah yeah but we're getting through it 
Yeah, we are. And it's really yeah. remarkable that you've overcome all these obstacles, Julianne, that you, despite your scoliosis, you, you managed to rise to the top, like kind of like me and Sailor are hoping to do in the future. Yeah, and that's why we're here, right? That record a exactly. And I'm meeting with Michelle and Brayden and Kevin and Scott Irwin tomorrow on Zoom. We're going to catch up on this business plan. It's going to be. Well, I think Kevin, I think it was it Kevin that said he couldn't make it. No, Blake. Blake, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah not Kevin. Yeah, so, but yeah, but um, isn't Kimberly Crow fabulous? <laughs> oh, yeah. So she many is. people here that are fabulous. I mean, that's why yeah. I call this the house of influence. So, Casa de Influencia is the Spanish for um, house of influence. And the whole idea is that we're gathering people that are influencers and help other people to see the world in a different place and a different way. Right? And, and I'm one of them. Exactly. Yeah. And you're one of them. Absolutely. Because that's what we need. We need people to share their stories and to say, look, you know, like just because you've got some label of some description, uh, you know, whether it's dyslexia or autism or it's a physical disability um, or it's that you've overcome obstacles of death or yeah. disease, you know, we can overcome anything. Yes, we it can. just makes us stronger. Yeah, yes, that's it, right. It does. You got it. You got it. And so, well, um, what's your so what's your book called again? Is it out yet? My first book that I published was called "Around the World in Seven Years: A Life Changing Journey." That was my story of leaving England and um, traveling around the world. Um, and since then, I've done um, a lot of collaborative books. So now I'm focusing on helping people to share their stories um, with multiple authors in one book. So, for example, I'm doing a collaborative book with Michelle. Uh, we're going to be talking about that tomorrow. You don't know about that yet. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about that tomorrow, um, about doing a book about how podcasting has changed your life. And so... <laughs> Ooh, you, you light me up because Tyler, say, say this to Julianne what we're doing. So we're basically, the purpose of this podcast is to inspire other people who've overcome challenges in life whether it be big, whether it be large or small. And we're gonna, um, that's how we do it. And ultimately, are we doing, are we writing a book? Say it. We're also writing a memoir too. It's been a long time since we've worked, since we've worked on it. It certainly yeah. has for me. Um, but he and I are writing it together. Now, I kind of write my stuff, but he also writes his as well. And we're going to combine it all. Yeah, so. and yeah we are. you even have features some other people that have overcome challenges that you've had on your podcast. Show. Oh, yeah, maybe you could be in there too. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Julianne. Absolutely. It's yeah. just amazing how you come from just this diverse background. Like, you know, you're from London. And then now look at you. Or England. Well, it might have been London. I don't know. But now you're in Mexico. Yeah. which is not far from America. And who knows, maybe maybe one day you might just decide to move to America. I don't know. 
<laughs> like the U.S. I don't well, think technically, so. you I've are. I've lived in, in many countries in the world, but um, Mexico is my favorite. The people here are amazing. Uh, Puerto Vallarta is very warm and friendly. Climate is yeah. beautiful. We have the mountains and the ocean, and um, I just yeah, I'm in love with Puerto Vallarta. I feel like that this is my home. Wow. Yeah. And well, you know, my favorite food of all is Mexican. Yes. And I'm not even Mexican. Yeah. And my favorite yeah. food yeah. of all are burritos. Burritos are my favorite. Ah, you <laughs> like burritos. <laughs> well, we had the, we've had the oh. pleasure of cooking for everybody here. Awesome. So I've got my own Mexican family. Um, my, my Mexican sisters and... Uh, Susie and Rachel. They're and great. Yeah. And Marta, three sisters. They've been uh, cooking our meals every day. Yes. Uh, we've been getting to taste the real, authentic Mexican food. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty special, right? Yeah. Isn't Tyler mm -hmm. missing a good trip? Oh, my God, I, Tyler. Yes. I, I tried to talk him into coming with me, but he said, no. <laughs> you don't know what you've missed. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. I had other plans, so. <laughs> so, um, so do you have anything else to share about your life journey? But if not, otherwise, you know, Tyler, of course, you can ask her questions. And, of course, we'll do our customary wrap-up. So you got the floor. Okay. Okay. No, I, I think I just want to let people know that, um, you know, you can do anything in your life. You can overcome any obstacles. You can overcome any disabilities or any labels. Um, I think all you have to do is just believe in yourself and believe that anything is possible um, and just believe in the magic and believe in your dreams and um, you can do it. That's right. That That's well right. said, Julian. I agree. Yeah, and uh, don't let the labels define you. Which is don't let the labels define you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because me and That's Tyler right. were best buds, are we? Yes, we are. And yep. uh, yeah, we yeah. met eight years ago in college, and we're like brothers from another mother, and we we say the same things, almost almost the same, the same things. It's amazing. Yeah, but yeah. Um. So with that, um, we wanted to ask our customary. If there, if, yeah, if there's anything that you can share with those who may feel down tonight or today rather what do you think it'd be like if they feel like discouraged i think just know that you um, are a very special person that you have gifts and you know what your gifts are some people um are in denial of their gifts because maybe um they're a little bit outside of the box um but if you just think about the thing that you love to do, the thing that lights you up, the thing that gives you a big yeah. smile on your face, that's your gift. And you just need to embrace your gift and follow your dreams, and you will do what you're supposed to be doing in this world. Um, and it might not be the normal course of action or the normal path, might be that you're an artist or a poet or a writer or a musician or a dancer or a podcast 
post yeah it's probably outside the box so all you have to do is embrace that and embrace your gift and just follow your dreams well i can tell you exactly exactly yeah it's that is well said and you know i want to add to that um you know how tyler uh, when people have when people are different and they have certain traits that are like quirky Others may not understand. Others have to be more compassionate and understanding. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You need to yeah. be more compassionate and to look at people for who they are, not what they look like. Yeah. How much money they have or what they're wearing. You know, it's like one of the reasons I love Puerto Vallarta is because it's a very accepting place. You can walk down the street and you can see, um, you know, a six foot diva wearing a pink miniskirt with a beard and mustache. And nobody's going to even turn their head and think that that's weird or unusual. Wow. Um, it's like, you know, every everybody accepts everybody here, and um, it's a very free place from that perspective because there's not any judgment. There's there's no judgment of disabilities. There's no judgment of of, of any anyway color, sex, uh, preferences. You know, now, there's just no judgment. You've been to Cancun before, right? Cancun. Yeah, I've been to. Would you say Cancun's the same as here in that in that in that way or not quite? I I, I don't think so because I think Puerto Vallarta is pretty special. Um, it's it's kind of known as the gay capital of the world, and I think that as a sort of foundation has made people um, more accepting and with less judgment and more compassion. And so I, I think that as a basis means that anybody else that's here um, that's outside the box is also completely accepted without any judgment. And I, I don't honestly know any other place in the world like that. I really wow. don't. Wow. So can, Cancun, is like, it's, I guess it's less accept, accepting, right? Or... I just think. Cancun is probably a little bit more westernized. Yeah. You know, more partying, you know. Yeah. 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 This is more family orientated. So there's a lot more love here and a lot more compassion because um family's number one. And um, you know, that's not those those kind of standards go through to everything. So I mean I remember um with my fiance I, I got ill um and I, I woke up in the morning and I was feeling very sick and um, I said, oh, no, you've got to go to work. And he's like, he just looked at me and said, that's ridiculous. I, of course, I'm not going to work. You're ill. I'm going to stay here and look after you. And he didn't end up going to work for a week. And it was completely acceptable that his priority would be with his family, not, yeah. not his work. Whereas in a Western culture, you know, that's not the case. If you said, oh, I can't come to work because my wife's sick or my mom's sick or um, or my child's sick, you know, your workplace just says, well, you know, get here. Your work is more important. Or else you're fired. Exactly. Because, because in right. America, that happens quite a bit. 
Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, especially in the U.S., like they do have, they do have sick leave. They have what's called FMLA, Family Medical Leave Act, and stuff. But if it was a sudden emergency, not so much, you know. Well, you know, life, I think, and um, you know, that's what I. That's how it comes through to no judgment and more freedom is because there's more love and there's more compassion. Yeah. Right. So, so what were you going to say? Um, you know, you were going, you were saying earlier about uh, embrace some, embrace what makes you smile. Well, I can tell you what really made me smile was my mom, whenever she was around when she was alive. She um, just, I can't stop bragging about her. Just, I can't. She, yesterday, actually, two years ago, she passed away. Yeah, she did. She had a long battle with breast cancer and a long, you know, long battle with pneumonia. But you know what? She's with Christ now because she believed in what he did on the cross. Dad rose again. That was a big thing for her. And she, she literally just changed my life forever. The fact that she fought for me as a baby, she fought for me as a, as a kid and then ultimately, whenever I became an adult, she fought for herself to fight cancer, to fight breast cancer. And she was still there for me. It was just amazing. And she's, she's so that's what makes me smile. She's from heaven on you right now. Yes. She is. <laughs> well, me and my friend Sailor, we're about to do a show on her soon. Yes, we're we are. Do a show. As soon as I get back, honestly, um, I know a couple of other people. Not everybody's leaving tomorrow. No, Candy and uh, and Kimberly Day and Alicia. They're staying. I thought about. I've been. We're doing my massage. I've been thinking about maybe changing my flight another day and staying at least through Wednesday. Yay! I mean, how much? What? Because who's all staying here tomorrow night? You know, who's all? I think. Um, Alicia is still here. Um, I think Candy's going to stay somewhere else. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, I think it'd be lovely for you to stay a bit longer. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of thought about it because this is, this is wonderful. I mean, um, I mean, I would have to be back home Wednesday for sure for Thanksgiving if I do. So it's just a fun, I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, I personally say that's wouldn't worry about it. Once you come here, you can never leave. It's a bit like the Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> Hotel California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I personally would just go ahead and leave tomorrow just because you've already planned. You've already made the reservation. And then next time, make sure yeah, to just do it maybe. longer. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would think. That's right. I know. It's well, like me. Whenever I came and together. saw you, when yeah. I came and saw you in October, I didn't want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I literally did oh. not want to leave after like oh. yeah. stepping back there. And I've already, I, I think, uh, you know, Potapalooza is coming up. Speaking of which, maybe you should join us on Potapalooza in January. Yeah, I'll send you uh, a link. You should join us, Julianne. Kimberly <laughs> Crow. Potapalooza every, every time I've done four Potapaloozas. Maybe you were there in October. Maybe I just I didn't. Was. I just didn't know you. You were. Didn't Sweet. Know you, but, yes. 
I was there. But it, it was so good to meet you here. And again, Julianne, thank you thank so much you. for for, you. for the hospitality here this week. It's been incredible. I mean, the only suggestion I have is that hopefully on the rooftop, I know y'all y'all talking about it. Maybe y'all can put a hot tub up there. I am. You are? Ooh. I'm going to put a hot tub up there. Oh, good. <laughs> It's the next thing on the list, actually. Yeah. Uh, only reason I've not done it yet is because we have to have an architect come and check out the structural beams for the weights of the hot tub. So, like, will you buy it or just have it built? Well, I think I'm going to get one built because uh, I was speaking to somebody. I was going to go buy a plastic one from yeah. Costco. Yeah. And uh, I showed it to this guy, and he said, "Oh no, I can I can build you a wooden one. It's going to oh, be so much more yeah. beautiful." I was like, "Oh, so, dokey." I'm, sh- I mean, I'm sure they're going to have it here again next year. Uh, I know they're having one in February, which um, yes. I mean, I probably won't come back for that because that's that's too soon. It's the same thing. But if if anything, I'll come back like next year when they have it again, and who knows, maybe you'll have it built. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe you come back and bring your own people, like have yeah. a retreat for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I, bring my own people, yes, yes. But um, without further ado, yeah, Julianne, thank you so much for being on the Hope Without Sight. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. well. Absolutely. Uh, well, stay blessed, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hope Without Sight with Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans and got a lot of takeaways from this podcast. We hope you feel renewed, inspired, and encouraged like you can just carry on and conquer the world. Please hit the subscribe button on all platforms and tell your friends and family to do the same. And in the meantime, blessings to all.